0: Hi guys,
1: welcome to Don't Quit Your Daydream. I'm
0: Sharl. And I'm Shana. And we invite you to join us, two friends, as we discuss the highs and lows of
1: writing. Come and take a seat and make your writing dreams...
0: Hey daydreamers, welcome back to Don't Quit Your Daydream. Today we're talking about dialogues and descriptions. So obviously the majority of your story is going to be full of dialogue and description and some people will be like, I don't know how to write good dialogue, I don't know how to write good description. So we thought that we would chip in with what we believe makes good dialogue what we believe is the purpose and what makes good description so firstly let's talk about dialogue so charlene loves
1: dialogue
0: (laughs) i think that one, one of the great things about dialogue and what I learned to make me better at dialogue was thinking about my stories in terms of a script or a film Yes. because obviously the majority of a script is the dialogue yeah. and it is conversations between people and like the thing that I loved the most about like Game of Thrones for example was the conversations between the characters yeah. they didn't even have to do anything as long as they're wearing those nice cool clothes and they're just <laughs> talking to each other I'm sold that's it <laughs> yeah. because you yeah. can build so much tension with dialogue you can build so yeah. much like personality through dialogue there's just so much you can do with dialogue. Yeah. So, what why do you love dialogue? What does it mean to you? Um, I think
1: that when you look at dialogue on just the most basic logical aspect, I think is the word. Yeah. Think about your everyday life and how you interact with people. Yeah. We interact completely through dialogue mm-hmm. and our expression, yeah, tone, body language, yeah. right? So there's a lot that you can gauge from somebody or sometimes get wrong mm-hmm. you know misjudge somebody based on what they're saying yeah the tone the speed the sound mm-hmm. the level in which they say yeah, it. Yeah. so and the way absolutely. absolutely so the way that we get to know people in real life is through talking we don't have people's internal mm-hmm. monologues like we do in books well, that's, yeah, true, that's like yeah. a bonus that's mm-hmm. a gift we don't actually have that in life so when you think about that And you think about making a story realistic, Mm -hmm. it has to have a considerable amount of dialogue to be like real life, because real life, we don't get people's internal monologues. We don't know why they're doing things. Mm -hmm. We assume things based on what they're saying. And sometimes we get it absolutely accurate. Sometimes we're completely off the mark and we get it Mm -hmm. wrong and we misjudge people. And I think that using those things in your writing mm-hmm. is so good because dialogue, what somebody says, tells you exactly what they're saying and the things they're not saying. Yes. So you can hear from somebody saying something, the thing that they're really trying to tell you as opposed, or something they're trying to hide from you mm-hmm. in the way in which they're saying it. Definitely, yeah. And so I think the power of dialogue, to me, I when I'm drafting my first draft, I go dialogue heavy. Right. Because, you know, especially when in doubt, I'm like, are these two people going to say to each yeah. other, now? or you know, well, you know, what can they say? Or yeah. can, even the character like thinking to themselves, like dial- mm. in a dialogue type way? Um, I like to use a lot of dialogue because I do think it is the window to I don't want to say the soul, that's a bit deep, but <laughs> the window to who we really are and, mm-hmm. um, and our form of expression. So, I do think you can learn a lot about yeah. people from you know, it, it's just the tone, isn't it? Like, yeah. I could say to you, Oh, how you doing? or I could be like, oh, How you doing?
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's
1: so different in what I'm saying to you and what I'm putting out as a person and then how you will perceive me and Mm. how you will react to me. Yeah. And using those things in writing is so cool.
0: Yeah. And I think that, um, just to go off what you've said, that like dialogue is even more important probably in first person narration because it Absolutely. can be so easy to accidentally say in that character's head the whole time yeah. because it's first it's person dangerous. exactly yeah. and it yeah. becomes boring because you're just like oh it's all about their thoughts and yeah. feelings and that's yeah. it yeah. but actually what are they saying how are they interacting yeah. with people and how does that build on the stakes and yeah. the plot we've already done an episode if you haven't listened to it already then go back and listen to it but about relationships yeah. because dialogue is what will build the relationships between the characters like how else are we supposed to know how they interact with each other other than how they talk to one another and I
1: think um, dialogue like you said being stuck in someone's head too much especially in the first person perspective Mm -hmm. um, is very tiresome and boring I think dialogue is a beautiful way to break things up so that you're not it shakes it up a bit, doesn't it? It's well, like... yeah, it,
0: it will um, affect the pacing of, a, of the story yeah. because I think that's something yeah. that I've struggled with is, is the pacing sometimes because, yeah. you, like you say, you can get too stuck in the description or you can get too stuck in the character's head and yeah. the, then like something like dialogue is the perfect way to break up the pacing and be yeah. like, okay, now we need to slow down or now we need to speed up and yeah. have like some sort of fast conversation or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to control how the, the yeah. narrative goes. And I think yeah. if
1: you have a really good balance of dialogue and description, you take away um, the need for the info dump, which is where people get bored. If you have a balance between what the character is, if if you're in the person's mind, or even if it's third person, Mm -hmm. if you have a good balance of what the narrator is giving you, be the narrator the main character Mm -hmm. or an external narrator, and then you have a good balance of dialogue and you keep weaving that throughout. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are some like points of a story where it's going to be more dialogue heavy or more description heavy mm-hmm. and that's fine sometimes that's necessary yeah. but I think for the most part where you can balance it like Shana said makes for really really good pace. Yeah, pacing in your story and it makes it more interesting yeah I think it, it just makes for really good pacing um in a story um yeah. so yeah definitely yeah. I think there's such an importance of and dialogue I think
0: um the one of the good things that no one of the things to bear in mind with dialogue so let's go into like the how of it then yeah so absolutely. one of the things to bear in mind for dialogue for me is both dialect and idiolect so in case you don't know what those terms mean dialect is like the regional accent that somebody could have um so we're from birmingham maybe we have brummie accents like people say mm-hmm. you're from london you have a londoner accent like a cutney accent or something yeah. like that's going to help set the scene like the yeah. setting of the place yeah. because of that person and how they speak Absolutely, but then yeah. also the idiolect is the specific way that someone in particular speaks yeah. so maybe they use certain mannerisms like they, they say um or like a lot or they yeah. just like say any like we say any yeah. in yeah. Birmingham but anyway yeah, yeah. Um, different things like that like the most obvious one to think about is Hagrid um, like yeah. when you read in um, Harry Potter it's literally spelt different the way that he yeah. says things like you're a wizard like, yeah. like an yeah. Ari and everything you're like that. Yeah. you read that and you <laughs> know. That is exactly hybrid, everybody yeah. knows that everyone knows that that is hybrid yeah. so if you can have an, an idiolect and and dialect weaved in then that's a perfect way to really immerse yeah. the reader in the setting and yeah. think about it you haven't even described where they are yeah.
1: just their voice yeah. can help place and, them in a certain and place and sometimes as well the vocabulary that certain characters yeah. use in their dialogue tells you their class or their level of edu- education. education yes, so if you're trying to yeah. get that across, especially if you have, like, I don't know, a story where you've got, like, a higher class and an oppressive class, mm-hmm. you may reflect that in how they speak and words. And so they're like, yeah. I remember you, you have a story, and yeah. I think you did this so-called, cool well, I'm not going to go into story and spoil it, but <laughs> where you've got different people from different places, mm-hmm. and there was this one thing that the different people in different places described but they Mm. called it different things because of where they came from and i thought Mm. just little touches like that Mm. i find so like little tiny things like that in a story Mm. make it so realistic because it it is true we don't all refer to something in the same way i know this is an extreme but let's talk about like america for example Mm. if if you're going to compare england and america or at least mm. birmingham because we can only talk from that so that's where we're from yeah. but like we're going to say the car boot they're going to say the trunk because yes yeah. we don't do that And i'm saying that's the extreme because obviously your story that we're all from the same place yeah. just different areas if you like well, so like
0: one thing that we do differently across all of england is like the bread roll so people call it bread roll some people call it a bap some people call it a cup yeah, yeah. some people call yeah. it like yeah like loads of different yeah. names for the same piece of food and yeah. it's just across england and so, i think yeah. like
1: adding those little things you can only really add them in dialogue because yeah. the reality is, is if you choose to be in somebody's head, for example, mm-hmm. or it's a narrator, you can only write with the way in which they yeah. they say things and yes. their language yeah. and their knowledge. So the dialogue is where you get to understand, oh, this person's from a different place or a different mm-hmm. class or they say that differently. yes. And absolutely. it opens up and it just makes it so much more interesting, so much more realistic. Okay, sorry, realistic. And there's so okay. much information that you can learn from dialogue in a way that doesn't have to be heavy yeah. description, it yeah. can be done in a lot quicker and easier way, but get out some really mm-hmm. important information. Yeah, or you can make like you can create great tension from what someone's mm-hmm. saying but not saying. Like, yeah. I've just written a scene myself in in the project that I'm working on, where the character is talking to my main character. And they clearly know more than my main character mm. knows at the time, but they're they're saying just enough and holding back just enough yeah. that my character's like, What the hell? Mm. Like and it's Tell me more. They know that they know more, but they don't know what they know mm. because of the way in which they're delivering that speech. And I had a lot of fun with that because yeah. that is real life. When you have you ever had a conversation with someone, guys, and like they know something and then they're like Oh no, I can't tell you. <laughs> you're like, no, you can't do that. And, you're like, oh, but... Yes. and then they try to do it in a way where they're telling you little bits so you can guess it yourself. And they're yeah. like, you know, if you, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Like that tension. That's that tension. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? And that, that's just a fun thing that you do with your friends. Yeah. But that tension in reality, especially when you've got like a high stakes story, mm-hmm. can be really, really useful and really, really interesting. Definitely. And
0: just like to add to something there, um, one thing that I would say to be careful of is. Like overcorrecting. So what we're saying is that dialogue is a great way to give information and everything, but don't overcorrect and give too much information just because, like, through yes. dialogue. Like, oh, I don't want to info dump in the description, so I'm going to info dump mm. in the dialogue. And said, no, don't do that. Obviously, no. that's you need a balance and yeah. a natural way of doing. Something. I was going to so, say
1: my rule of thumb is if, if you read it out loud and it doesn't really sound. The way that somebody would yeah. it doesn't sound natural. Mm-hmm. It's not the right way yeah. that you've done it. So I a lot of time read my dialogue out loud, like a little yeah. nerd in my room. I will like read the dialogue out loud and the conversation out loud. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be like, "Ooh, that sounds yeah. unnatural," and then I change it. Yeah. So if it doesn't, like Charlene said, if it sounds unnatural, yeah. it probably is. Yeah, and exactly. You need to read, because I'm it.
0: not gonna be like I don't know, like say <laughs> I met Charlene for the first time. I'm like, "This is where I live, and look at those fences. <laughs> and These things we've lived here for fifty thousand years because." the war started and things, like yes, why would somebody just no feel like that oh, and you're God, clearly just so trying weird. to yeah. give descriptions without giving descriptions yeah. so you need to find yeah. a, a way of like would this if character natural, realistically say that yeah. no they wouldn't um, and obviously if you have to put Dis- yeah. you, you, we'll talk about descriptions in a minute, but like if yeah. you have to put those kind of details, and obviously put that into description instead, because the character is most likely not going to say that. Yeah, um, the other thing that I find <laughs> kind of funny, and I, I wonder if you agree, yeah. what do you feel about when at the end of so many books and films, the villain just goes on a long speech oh, about don't. why they did things and I how hate they
1: did it. Hate it because if you've done a character well enough, you shouldn't need that big description. Exactly, again. I should know exactly why you've done it. Yeah, I should know how I feel about yeah. it without you giving me exactly. A full blown Maybe life. a
0: little bit of the last piece of puzzle they need to But when they give a the whole like explanation yeah. of
1: everything that they've done in the yeah. whole narrative, you're like what? Yeah. And also that makes a bad difference. Everyone's just waiting for them to kill why them. Why <laughs> the villain loses because exactly. you are talking too much. You could have every killed time, that person five time. times over <laughs> if you had shut the monologue up. Like literally like that. <laughs> oh, so I totally agree. Times. I totally yeah. agree. So One thing I would say as well, I don't want to go too much into the craft of writing. Um, I mean this is the craft, but like <laughs> deep, deep, you know, deep deep into like yeah. the, the, the craft. But what I will say is with dialogue and go back to Sharna's point of pacing and the importance of you know keeping that pace and keeping it interesting dialogue tags are a really important one for anyone that doesn't understand what a dialogue tag is it's like when you you have the thing that the person said and then you might say at the end he said or she said or you know they said whatever it Mm is so essentially um what people tend to do is they think that they have to add these really fancy yeah. things, like. And I used to do this when I first started writing, and it was it makes me cringe when I look back now. <laughs> but it, it oh, you know, you might say like he said quickly or he said with a, you know, angry tone, yeah. and you don't need that. We, we will go into description. That is where description comes into it, mm-hmm. and like the he said, she said, the said or the say if you're writing mm. in present tense is An invisible tag, and right. the reason why they say it's invisible is that readers are so used to it that they just, just read it, it without really seeing yeah. it. So don't be afraid to just use the he said, she said kind mm-hmm. of standard. You yeah, know? it
0: doesn't make it like p- I've sold so many articles, and like people say that like said yeah. is dead, it's boring, it's this and that. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not actually. It's not. Like trying to be too flowery actually yeah. takes someone away from yeah. the story, it kills the pain because they're like, whoa, that's a weird descriptor. Yeah. Like, why really would you say weird. that? You and know? also,
1: I don't want you to tell me. That somebody said something ang- in an angry way. I want you to show me. And then yes. what they say should just balance. That's what we yeah. said. That, that equal mm-hmm. balance of description and, and dialogue. Yeah. When done the right way is beautiful and keeps the pacing. Yeah. Really and like...
0: It's like- how they speak obviously in the dialogue so certain choices of certain words or whatever should show that they're angry like if they're saying like effing and jeffing and stuff then obviously they're angry or if they're stuttering or like everything's coming out mumbled then you know that they're frustrated like you don't necessarily need to say it
1: Absolutely that. And like Shana said, she used Hagrid, which is such a great example because he is such a specific character that you can see on page without even needing to know. When you sometimes have those moments, there isn't even need for a dialogue tag because there are times where it could just be two characters and we know who it is without you constantly Mm. saying he said, she said. Yes, it will make it slower otherwise. It slows it down. So wherever you can chop it down, what I would suggest you do is read great books, read great books that do it and mm-hmm. look at how they do it, look at how often they're using dialogue tags and how they're using them yeah. and where they're using description. It's the best way to learn yeah. in reality. Like, there is no And also,
0: way. like, for, for dialogue tags, definitely for the reading aspect, for, in general, how to write dialogue, it's to, like, yeah. watch films and TV oh, shows gosh, where yeah. they're having these powerful conversations yeah. with each other yeah, yeah. and be like, okay, why does this work?
1: Yeah. And go back, like, watch the scene four or five times. I've done that before. Like, I've gone back and been like, why was I so moved by that conversation? Why did I find that conversation so interesting? Mm. What was it about it? And how were the different characters coming across from what they were saying? And what did I get from it? Obviously, TV, film, you have got the added benefit of you can see their body Mm -hmm. language. You can see how they're interacting and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So you have got that. But you know even if you just take that away for a minute because you can use that and describe that in a mm-hmm. book but how is what they're saying powerful or yeah. impactful, or you know, it makes mm-hmm. the character more interesting, or it adds another layer or depth. Yeah. How is that done, and why does it work, and how can you use it? Because yeah. that is the key 100%. thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, and
0: important. I think um to like let's like slip a little bit into description. We can still go yeah. back into yeah. dialogue yeah, 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 as well, yeah. but because we're talking about films and stuff, I wanted to go into description. Yeah. So what they would call. That, like what Charlene was talking about, would be visual storytelling. In that, just because, like, I've had to battle this myself. Like, I think, like, oh, obviously TV shows are going to be better because they they have the visuals. We don't have that. I can't do that. But we can still... They call it, like, filmic shots. Like, in your yeah. writing, you can have shots, basically. So, yeah. if like you've got the long shots, the establishing shots, the close-up yeah. shots, you can write that in your writing. So, if you decide to zoom in on someone's eyes as a tear drops down it, like, that is technically the film, the camera lens is focusing in on that person and what's happening in that moment. So, you are affecting the pacing of the story and... in include an interesting description because you're thinking about it with a, like a film, like a director's mindset in a way. Absolutely like who yeah. would the, where would the camera be pointed at this moment and why? Mm-hmm. Like, can you focus on the hand tapping on, on the table or something like something like that can be really interesting yeah. for the for the reader. And they picking up on the fact that oh they're nervous because they're, their fingers are tapping you don't have to say they are nervous instead really you're showing don't. they are yeah. nervous so yeah. i think that the key thing here is is show versus tell yeah. so tell like i say is where you you say how someone's feeling or what someone's done rather than showing what someone's feeling or what oh, someone's yeah. done so again like obviously the nervous thing instead of saying they are nervous you're showing that they're biting their yeah. nails they're tapping their foot yeah. they're, they're stammering though they're, they're breathless something like that yeah. um those are like the most basic forms of show and tell, and it is hard and I've seen conflicting information so I wonder what you think about it but like some people are like oh don't ever show only tell oh don't ever tell only show it's like obviously it it completely depends on the story because certain stories like I don't know if it is some sort of like one of those quirky stories that's kind of like it needs to be a monologue kind of thing. Yeah. Then obviously you you're gonna be telling mostly because yeah. the person's just telling yeah, the story, yeah, and yeah. that works. That works because it's the type yeah. of story that you're reading. Okay. But then I think more traditionally, most stories will just need a balance of showing. Yeah, how absolutely. I
1: think it's like um, there's a there's a time and a place for both. Mm-hmm. I think that in most, like Sharda said, there's always exceptions to this rule. Yeah. And there are quirky different stories that yeah. just do something that's incredible. That's just different yeah right but i think in the most case you are probably going to be leaning towards show but there are some great moments to tell as well i think yeah. telling is really good when you need like a passing of time for example yeah, we don't need to see you traveling on the sea for five days unless something is going to happen you can tell us that that's what you did you yeah. can tell us that you got the bus people can imagine what it's like to get a bus mm-hmm. you can tell us that you drove over here we don't need to see you put it on your seatbelt no. and you know you can tell us that somebody went to the toilet, and I'm specifically saying this one because when I first started writing, I described like a whole toilet scene. And <laughs> yeah, and I got totally like ridiculed for this. By oh minutes. no! Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like she wiped herself and she washed her hands with the soap and the warm water. Oh. And people were just like, "Why? Why so much <laughs> detail?" And like now I look back, I'm like, "Yeah, why, Charlene? Why so yeah. much detail? Ridiculous." But um, if you don't practice, you don't know. You, for you exactly do you learn from experience. Yeah. So yeah, I think there is a time and a place for both. Um, Going on to the description. Funnily enough, this is my weak point. My strength is dialogue. I adore dialogue. I love dialogue. Dialogue comes to me very naturally and I can write it very quickly. Description, I've had to put in a few tips and tricks to help myself. So there's a couple of things. I was trying to make notes while Shana was talking. But then like I... Um... I actually forgot what the notes were. So I'm kind of of making them now so I can cover them all. But um, one of the things that I've started doing, when I say start, I've been doing it for a while, Mm -hmm. is for description. So when I write my first draft, because I know that description is my weakness, I don't focus on it in my first draft. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really important sometimes to understand what you're good at and to focus on that in your first draft so that you're not allowing the weaknesses to slow you down Mm -hmm. because you can... You can deal with the weaknesses in your editing. Yeah,
0: 100%. So, in
1: my first draft, I focus on the dialogue and basic description. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like, I really don't go any further than that. Like, um, it just doesn't come naturally to me. But then when I'm going back and I'm editing, I usually write from first-person perspective. So, what I look at is the five senses. Mm -hmm. What does someone hear, smell, see, touch, taste? Yeah. Right? So... Is their mouth dry because they haven't had a drink for however many hours? You know, are they seeing the ticking clock on the wall because, you know, they've just planted a bomb and they've got to get out of this space in five minutes because it's going to go off and they need to be clear of the place, you know, within four minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, what are they noticing that is relevant? So I see description as it needs to be relevant. So I'm not going to have my character walk in a room and describe the colour of the wallpaper unless it's necessary. Yeah. If, you know, I can like walk Like it's an odd
0: colour, so it's like, oh, it stands out. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I can walk into the the room and some describe it enough to give people enough of a feel like if i said went into a doctor's surgery you really don't need to describe yeah. that in much effort people are going to imagine their own version mm-hmm. of a doctor's surgery anyway regardless you only describe the details that are really necessary mm-hmm. to your character and what's going to happen next so yeah. one of my tips for dialogue is focusing on what matters to the character and what they need to use in that yeah. s- that you know, that 100%, scene, yeah. that chapter later on. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's really, really helped me is um, writing in scenes. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm writing the chapter, I will break it down into scenes so that I know where those scenes go. And that's usually, usually like when you read a book and you see like a little mm. mark of some kind that indicates a scene break. And yeah. you know that time has passed. I write specifically in scenes. Sometimes my scenes are whole chapters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have multiple scenes in a chapter. But I'm very specific about writing in scenes. And the reason why I do this is it gives me a very clear objective. And Victoria Aveyard, author of Red Queen, gave some really good advice on a podcast that I heard. And she said, get into a scene as late as possible and get out as early as possible. And I really stick by that. And it has helped make the pacing of my writing so much better. And what it basically means is like... Let's say your story starts out and... I don't know I'm going with a bomb again. But a (laughs) a bomb is about to explode. We don't need that. So let's say a bomb's about to explode in an auditorium. We don't necessarily need the character you know, drive to the auditorium and buying their food, we, mm-hmm. we can start it where they're sitting in their seat and the bomb's about to go off in, like, three minutes. Yeah. Or two minutes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we're already there. They've got their food. They can, they can tell mm-hmm. the, that they're drove yeah. over here. You can really skip. So you're starting late in the scene. Mm-hmm. You don't need all that fluff because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. to the story. It actually slows it down. And then if the objective is the bomb is going to go off, once the bum has gone off, my scene can end. I do not need to do anything else or waste any more time. I'm out. So that Mm -hmm. helps me to really tighten my description. Because once I have covered those things and I've used the five senses... In my scene, Mm -hmm. and when I say I've used five senses, I don't use all five in every scene. That would be ridiculous. I choose the ones that matter for the Mm -hmm. moment. So if it's only two senses or one sense that Mm -hmm. needs to be picked up, usually it's about two for me. Um, I only need those two. I need to describe the two. It does. I don't need to describe through a blog. And then they use their nose for this. It's silly. We don't need that. We keep it natural, like Shauna said about dialogue earlier. That is how I use the, the, the description. So the description for me must matter for the character mm-hmm. and it must only exist to fulfil the objective of the mm-hmm. scene I'm writing. Once yeah. that is achieved, I move on.
0: Yeah, 100%. And so I, I agree with that. That's how
1: I keep my um, description because it's a weakness for me. That is how I keep it tight. Well, I, I don't even think it's
0: yeah. a weakness for you because I've read your <laughs> work. It's brilliant, so... Yeah, you've read like,
1: after like, about three, four drafts <laughs> oh, and you going oh, through okay. like, it up. <laughs> but that's,
0: that's fine, obviously, because... Obviously, like Charlene said, I think the most perfect thing to take away from this is that focus on the thing that you are best at writing in your first draft. And yeah. then later you can add the other bits. Absolutely. Um, in terms of description, the only other thing that I can really add to that, because the five senses is definitely important, and focusing on the characters and what they actually need or would notice is important, yeah. um, is to think about um, not going overboard Um, just because you're like, oh, this is a description bit, so let me write a lot of description. This is a dialogue bit, let me write a lot of dialogue. Like, either way, either or, don't go overboard. Like, with dialogue, you don't need to be like, how are you she said <laughs> she, I'm fine how are you he said like that's obviously unnecessary <laughs> did like, you boring. notice it was
1: raining like, like?
0: yeah like Is we do need all that <laughs> and it's the, it's the same with descriptions as well obviously don't just be like okay I'm in description let me describe exactly the window pane and the rain coming down yeah. and the radiator and how it's broken and it, like obviously different yeah. bits yeah. that are important to point out so like yeah. you're trying to set the scene of um, a council house flat or something like yes. a council flat and you want to be like okay this is in a rural area this is a yeah. low-income household and obviously you're going to be like okay that you're going to focus on the wallpaper that's ripped you're going to focus on the sparking um electrical wire that hasn't been fixed um it's bad that i'm looking around my own house i was actually thinking that <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah like obviously that's set the scene now you know where i live um, so um that's that's important to showing um and i think this is something that i, I really focused on in uni uni was why it's showing the character by sh- describing the place yes, so the environment yeah, yeah. that the character lives in should be a reflection of their personality really um Absolutely. because you're going to know about how much money they've got by what yeah. they have in their house you're going to yeah. know um the colors that they like um, the, the different things they like to watch or like what I don't know, the decor that that suits their personality. Like, all these things, like, whether it's messy, whether it's clean, all of these things are going to reflect the character's personality. And that is really important because, obviously, as we always say, character is the most important thing. So when you are just doing your description, sorry, uh, focus on the character and who they are and how that can be reflected in, in the um, description as well.
1: hundred And then
0: the other thing in terms of, like, the literal craft of it, try to be varied in what you put. So... As Charlene said, doing the five senses, but don't always pick the same five senses, no, perhaps. Gosh, no, no, um, no, I no, Try and, you know, mix it up. Uh, yeah. Do short sentences and long sentences. Try yeah. and mix it up, because that'll affect the pacing yeah. of it as well. And, and
1: only describe what your actual character would notice. Yeah,
0: because, because obviously they're not going to talk about, like, the architecture, oh, 18th century no. architecture, <laughs> if you
1: have no idea about buildings. Like, no. I have no idea about buildings. I'm going to say yeah, that. If I was walking down the street and someone was writing about me now and I saw a car... I would be like there was a green car. Yeah. Somebody else might be like, there was a green Toyota. This, yeah, like yeah, that. true. Yeah. You're showing that that person is we'll into know that, cars yes. and yeah. you're setting that scene. Yeah. That's not me. Now, if we were walking through a shopping centre, I'm likely to notice a bookshop first, so I'm yes. like, "There's water." <laughs> yeah. So writing that for me <laughs> makes sense. So yeah. writing things that are relevant. Yes, obviously, some of the description I think needs to be specific to what's happening at the moment, yes. and you need to stick to the senses based on how they're feeling, or you know, when they are the time limit, mm. whatever it is. But also, description helps to develop the personality yes. of the character, so, like Shana's just described earlier. Yeah. So describing things that. Help you to set the scene of who they are and mm-hmm. where they come from, yeah. or where they currently are, yeah. or what environment they're in. Like if yeah, they are somebody sure. that's a bit more, you know, doesn't really go a certain places, and then they're in this really terrible situation. It helps to describe. Mm. So it's it's all things I think that support building that visual yeah. description because, like Shana said, we don't have the visual. You have to find all the ways to describe Mm -hmm. the visual. But I think the main point that Shana made, in a nutshell, is keep it simple. Yeah. Like, the more complex you make it, the more confusing it becomes for the character. Yeah. Um, For the reader, sorry. (laughs) And I think just trust your reader Mm -hmm. that they're not stupid. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I was going to say, actually,
0: because... I think a part of the fun of reading is when you can fill in the gaps for yourself so if you are there describing exactly every detail of the character and how they look right down to their eyelashes then that's boring for the reader and they don't get to have like you know maybe they want to imagine themselves as the main character. You've not given them that option. I love imagining myself. You've not given them that option if you're describing every single detail. That's a massive mistake that I made Mm -hmm. with my first series, the vampire series that I wrote. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't pinpoint the exact time when I wrote the details of the first tip, of the two main characters, and I literally described every single <laughs> element about them. And clearly, it's because I love the characters and I had them yeah. in my head and I wanted to share it with the people. But it's but a I curves, like you exactly so you I do know that's exactly I did that, that right in You
1: learn from that, so that's yeah, what's important.
0: Yeah, 100%. So if you're, if you're narrative is focalized through a certain character then obviously you need to p- to be specific about the descriptions that that character would notice what the personality yeah. is what their upbringing is all of that things yeah. but if it is third person then obviously you have a little bit of um a bit, a bit more bit scope, of r- scope yeah. but that doesn't mean that again you should
1: run away with yourself no. and it's still only what's ra- even though it's a narrator the narrator is still narrating story. Yeah, because think story. about like
0: if I was to tell you a story about something that I did yesterday, yeah. I'm not gonna be telling you every single detail of everything that I saw no, anyway. No. And so I'm not. technically narrating a story when I'm yeah. telling you that. Yeah. But it's still the narrator is still focusing on how much information do I need to give for this yeah. person to have enough information to visualize create. Exactly. To, um, that word that's is all the that best. you need. Yeah. Um and like Charlene said, don't don't insult your reader and yeah. by by giving them more than they actually need. Yeah. Um like the yeah. thing that comes to mind comes to mind is Game of Thrones. Like the one thing that makes it difficult to read the books and the, those oh, yeah. are thick. Those are they're thick books, thick man. Books, yeah. One one book is split into two and they're both yeah. really big. Still,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, the the trouble with that is that the, he does go heavy on the descriptions and yeah. obviously he's which a, is why it doesn't
1: work for exactly. Me
0: he's a massive yeah. author and everyone like you know loves yeah. him still. But a, a lots of people are put off because yeah. the everyday man wouldn't be able to get into descriptions that much. Like yeah. it's too it's too much. I think he literally spent like a whole power about the moss on a rock. And yeah. I was like, what? Why do we need all this yeah.
1: information? Yeah. So if it wasn't for audiobooks, yeah. I would never have read them. And I think that that's the important thing as well. Of I think in a first draft, you really shouldn't be thinking about anything but just enjoying the story. Yeah. But once you get to the end and you take off that creative hat and you put on that author or business more hat, yeah. that's when you can actually think who are your audience? Because if your audience is more literary yeah. and they do like description and that's what you're going for and that's how you write... You can bulk up on those mm-hmm. things and you do it to fit your your audience. But if that's not the audience you're going for, you need to really think about what they're used to in that genre. Yeah. Because if it's like, for example, a YA fantasy, they are used to a certain way that things work, mm-hmm. like, a certain structure of things. And what you don't want to do is come so far out yeah. that you... you you take them away from being able yeah. to be your reader well yeah Do you I think, know what I mean? you, I think you said a perfect
0: um, point actually that I never thought about but like yeah thinking about who your target audience is is really important because like things like it, your word choice as well yeah. like you can't be saying some flamboyant language when you're mm. writing for children mm-hmm. like they're not going to know those words yes mm. you can teach them words technically by, mm. by through reading but if it's a su- such outside of like what they would know then they're just not going to connect with the story yeah. because you're writing things that they wouldn't yeah, understand yeah every other
1: word they exactly, have to look up, which becomes or frustrating.
0: Exactly, or like you're using uh, describing something that they wouldn't know exists or something. Like yeah, yeah like it, just, it, it feels like you need to be very aware of your, your target audience. Yeah. and then the other thing that I wanted to say was that naturally with fantasy description is more important because yeah. you're describing a more often than not, a yeah, world that they've absolutely. not visited so yeah. naturally you do have to yeah. do that but again go back and listen to our episode about world building be yeah. careful with not world building so much that you you forget that you're actually writing a story yeah. that's about a character like oh let me just let me just do all this, this information yeah. about a world um yes it's beautiful it's amazing it's really cool but yeah. you again just because you're describing a whole new world doesn't mean that the reader can't supplement in yeah. their own like and, and also
1: because you are creating a whole new world and it is fantasy you <clears throat> kind of want to keep it as simple as possible because you don't want to confuse them because true. you are teaching yeah. them completely new things that mm. they haven't seen before yeah. because it is a new world and the more you complicate it the harder it becomes for them to immerse themselves in it because they've got to spend more time understanding it that's and so true, that can yeah. put a reader off um, mm-hmm. We don't want to put them off. We never want to put them up, yeah. We never want to put them off. So the the reality is, is in the first draft, like I say, you just write whatever description of dialogue you want. Like, I do not think about how, you know, a room is described or a place or Mm. whatever in my first... or, Or an outfit or whatever... You know, i don't care i don't care because <laughs> to me that slows me down because i would have to stop and i'd have to think and i'd have to write notes and i'd have to go and google and find better words and descriptions and that would stop me from actually writing the most interesting version of the scene yeah so i work with what i am good at and what will allow me to move forward dialogue mm-hmm. and the character thoughts i'm stronger at so yeah. i just trailblaze forward with that add in the little bits of description that mm-hmm. I want so that when the future me comes back they can go back and be like, What was I trying to describe here? Oh yes, that and then mm-hmm. bulk it up. It's it's afterwards that I then obviously come back. Yeah. And I decide how do I actually want this to now flow and to sound Mm -hmm. and you know what kind of story is it, what kind of audience am I working with, how do I want it to come across? Um, Those are all things that you can develop, but I think keeping it very simple because what we don't 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 want to do is yeah we don't want to overwhelm you with like I've got a description and dialogue. We're trying to show you these things to show you the easiest and simplest um, way to do it that is most effective. And we're trying to really teach. I think with every episode, you'll notice a a common thing that we go back to is that understanding of drafting and revising because yeah, they are two different. different things and the drafting needs to be just nice and quick and i'm not saying you have to go really fast <laughs> but no. i'm saying yeah. there shouldn't be anything unnecessary that's yes. slowing you down yeah. you should just be enjoying that process and mm-hmm. going forward with it and realizing that you can fix everything else afterwards yeah. when you some got... people
0: edit as they draft <coughs> and, <coughs> yeah. that, and, I've and done i used before. to do that yeah? yeah and that's absolutely fine that is your process, that. Yeah. but when you're editing After the bit that you've just written, you're still slipping into a different headspace, aren't you? Yeah, because
1: if you're writing and then you go back and edit, I think I know Stephen King goes back and does that Mm. the the day after he's written something you you are ultimately the first time when you drafted it you should be in a different mind yes, space 100%. you know yeah and then after you've done that you come forward and then you're like okay now I'm editing and mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to edit yeah and you just switch in and out of those hats wherever yeah. it may be whether it is during the process or it's after mm-hmm. um but what I always say to people is the way you have to look at a story is like a jigsaw puzzle and if you it it's a lot harder if somebody gives me a jigsaw puzzle and it's 100 pieces for the whole jigsaw puzzle it makes one big lovely picture but somebody gives me 10 pieces it's really difficult for me to put those pieces in any kind of order because i can't see them in conjunction with anything else yeah i've got these 10 pieces that don't really mean anything to anything because i've got them but i don't know where they belong but if you give me all 100 pieces Bit by bit, I'm going to be able to connect the pieces together until I've got one picture. So when I look at a draft of a story, I look at it and I say, you do have to sometimes be mindful that you don't have all the pieces yet. So Mm. without all the pieces, how do you connect to something that doesn't yet exist? So even editing as you go along, you could go back afterwards and have to change that quite massively. Yeah, because you've got the final you, you've pieces. You've got the final so, pieces. Yeah. And when yeah. you've got the final pieces, it makes you go, oh, that's the <laughs> yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm trying to create, like, I don't know, a beach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? You don't know that till you have all the pieces. So when you're fiddling around with the 10 pieces, you're, you're wasting time and mm-hmm. creating the other 90 so that you have the full puzzle that yeah. you can finally put together. And then you can see it all laid out. You can see all the pieces, and then you can start to put them together in the right order, mm-hmm. and that is revising for me. Yes. I think drafting is creating the puzzle pieces, yeah. and that can be t- really hard because you don't know what fits with what at the mm-hmm. time. And but that's you're okay. creating them, and the revising is literally figuring out how to put them all together and make this one big picture that makes sense.
0: Definitely. So if you are somebody who's in the editing stage, then go listen to our podcast episode about editing Mm -hmm. because we have already covered that. Um, And we definitely feel like, yeah, there's there's, there's different head spaces for that. But then the final thing that I'll say before we, we go is that don't slip into the mindset that you had to be in when you were a kid at school <laughs> and you had a checklist of things <laughs> oh have you included a metaphor have you included oh, a punctuation gosh, and like no. all and similes and all these different things like are, we work in a school and I'm in the classrooms mm. more, a lot of the time and that is something that frustrates me that we mm. teach kids how to do that obviously it's important to learn mm. how to do like figurative language and things like that and how to do vivid descriptions but more often than not real books don't have those in a lot of the time yeah. Or or like one paragraph every now and then yeah. we have it. Um, because yeah. you don't need realistic. that. So if you're very, very new to writing, let go of that idea that that's yeah. what writing is supposed to be. Creative writing is not yeah. a checklist of things that you're supposed to include. It's it's really it's not. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be simple as yeah, well a lot of the time. You, you yeah. learn
1: a lot more from reading a lot and from writing a lot. So if you write in a certain genre, for example, read a lot of those books yes. because you're going to get a feel of how they are written and, and how they come across that is going to be your best instructor if yeah. you like and yeah. then practicing writing and getting it wrong and sometimes imitating mm. people and then finding your own voice that is then how you get to the place where you become a better writer and i think there isn't it's really difficult to teach yeah. writing i think i think it's a very very difficult mm. thing you can teach some techniques you can teach some ideas for mm-hmm. craft but you cannot teach someone to write no Exactly. I think you, you can can't. either write or you can't. It's
0: all everything that we give you is just advice, and you need to go away yeah. and discover who you are as a writer yeah. individually, and it might yeah. be completely different than what yeah. we've even told you. So, like as
1: much as we get on and we read each other's work, our processes are completely different. Yeah, like, I know that we draft differently. We probably edit very differently. Yeah. Um yeah. It's just so when you look at it like that, you the the beauty of this industry is that you don't need to be the no, same as there's no one size fits all. No, there's, no there's, there's but... lots of advice out there and take it on board so that you can figure out what gets you to the best yes, version yeah. of your process. Mm-hmm. But it's not to say these are the hard and fast rules. If you're a more of a plotter like Shana, then great, go ahead and find your own mm-hmm. way. And you might not plot like her, you might do it differently. If you're more of a pantser like me, then, you know, that might be great. But again, there are different ways to yeah. pants. There's Like It's almost like a spectrum as mm-hmm. well of, of pants. That are it definitely platter. is a spectrum, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like... Uh, I think I said this in another episode, but I think it's just a great quote where I heard somebody say, "You know, a pants that their first draft is really just a glorified outline. Mm. So we're all kind of pants that are plotters. Sorry, when you think about it, yeah. on a different spec, on a different spectrum, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel that makes total sense. It to does, it. Make it make does total sense, because yeah. what I'm doing in my first draft is figuring out the story. What yeah. someone's doing when they're plotting is figuring out the story. And
0: different stories will kind of require different things from you anyway absolutely. so one story you're more of a pantser who's yep. heavy on the dialogue the next story actually i'm more yep. of a plotter who's heavy on the description yeah and that's fine it doesn't absolutely. mean that you change as a person necessarily no. it just means that that story needed yeah. a different version of you as a writer absolutely but then isn't so, that yeah.
1: the most exciting thing about yeah, what we yeah, do definitely. is that yeah. it's not the same as mm. an average and i'm not disrespecting nine to fives but obviously if you're a very creative person mm. you probably feel that yeah thing of that it's same a routine, routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that routine I know I feel it that routine of that every day is kind of it's not the same but it's the same it's kind of structure it. and I think mm. like when you are creative and you're dealing with like things like writing it's so different mm. like I mean writing one scene to another is different a chapter to a chapter yeah. the start of the book to the middle of the book to one book to another different book to a you know first book to a sequel yeah it's so different that it keeps it so fresh and exciting mm. and, and I think it's important to understand that you, what Shana said, you don't need to stick to one mindset. It can be ever-changing. Yeah. Allow that for your process if it needs it. Just mm-hmm. give in to the process and what you need to create a story and that's it
0: 100 percent, yeah so that's it from us to do dialogue and description obviously we'll probably talk about that in other episodes as well definitely. but that's like the fundamentals of our views of it um if you've got any questions then let us know because we'll definitely like to um address those concerns but yeah thank you for listening and we'll definitely speak to you in next time yeah bye
1: guys bye guys Bye. bye.